0: In this episode of the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast, I have a special, special guest. I have Marquette's Olivier Maxence Prosper, better known as Omax. He is here to tell his story and his path to the NBA draft. Stay tuned. Big shout out to each and every person that's made the Locked On NBA Big Board podcast your first listen of the day. And this episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the official sports book partner of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started. I'm your host, Rafael Barlow, the director of scouting for NBA Big Board and the founder of NBA draft junkies and this episode like i mentioned at the top it is with olivier Maxence prosper otherwise known as o max who i think is one of the fastest risers in this uh, i guess over the last few weeks in the nba draft he is someone that i thought coming into chicago was maybe in the top 40 range and now i think he has a really really good chance of being selected in the teens and we just talk about his path and his journey to where we are today. And we talk about the NBA combine, playing at Marquette, growing up in Canada. It's a really great interview. I was really, really impressed with his overall just personality. Usually it takes me a couple days to like build that type of rapport to get the athletes that I interview to just be really comfortable and and, and just open. And with, with Omax, this interview was set up not even 24 hours before we recorded it. And he was nice enough to do the interview during a crazy, hectic, pre-draft workout schedule where he's just going from city to city to city. I know last week, or the week before, I was in Atlanta, and then he was in Atlanta. Um, I didn't get a chance to do the interview there, but we were both there at the same time. And then he was on his way to, to, to another workout. But anyway, we finally got it done. I was hoping to get it done in person, but we end up having to do it over Zoom. So here is my interview with Omax. All right, I'm sitting here with the man that is, in my opinion, the highest or the fastest or one of the fastest rising prospects in this 2023 NBA draft. The two names that stand out to me as far as guys that are just on the rise are Bilal Koulibaly from uh, France and then Omax Prosper. And, I mean, the the last month has been pretty crazy for you. So... Mm -hmm. First of all, first of all, thank you for coming on. I I appreciate the time. I
1: Thanks see you're me. in a hotel
0: room, which means you are on the road. You probably got a big workout tomorrow. I won't name the team, but I I know where you're at. <laughs> so um, let's just get right into like the last month or so for you. You came into the combine, and I don't want to say like you weren't well known, but you left the combine in my opinion as 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 the guy that helped himself the most. How how has things changed
1: for you since leaving Chicago? Yeah, I mean, you know, coming into Chicago, um, you know, my mindset was just to you know go in there and really, you know, be be my best self, be myself, and you know show who I was, show who I was, and then you know show that you know uh, I'm I'm one of those best 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 players in this draft, and I wanted to rise my stock in this in this combine, but. I went into that, you know, with the mindset of, like I said, you know, being being the guy out there that's gonna, you know, play the hardest and everything. And then, you know, everything went well for me over there. But to answer your question about how things have been, you know, since the combine, I mean, it's just about, you know, I've been I've been on the road, you know, doing all those workouts. I had a really good pro day, and it's just been, you know, trying to trying to just keep keep pushing the narrative that you know I started, you know, at the combine. Keep showing those teams that. You know what they saw at the combine is is truly who I am and the player you know I know I can be and it's just about going day by day the day one day one workout one workout at a time and just maximizing each opportunity you know that's been my focus and that's what I've been doing.
0: Yeah, I think you've definitely really helped yourself and I guess yeah. it's it's probably wrong for me to say that it started at the combine. It really started, in my opinion, last summer. Um, you, you doubled, if, if not double, but like close to doubled your scoring average. What did you do last summer coming into this season that, that helped you turn the corner?
1: I mean, I mean, there's only one simple thing, really. It's uh, living in the gym, really. I mean, just going each and every day and, like, when nobody's watching, just be in the gym. You know, whatever practice, come extra. You know, I was doing two workouts extra each and every day like that were not even on the schedule. And just about, you know, I worked a lot on my shop. One of my coaches on Marquette worked a lot on my balance, on my footwork. All different things that, you know, I was like, man, during the summertime, even through this whole season, the whole year, I was like, man, I'm working on that stuff. I'm going to come in extra and 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 put that work in. And that's really what my mindset was. I was like, I'm never going to be satisfied, you know, whatever. I'm going to be like, no matter how good of season we were having or whatever. I was like, man, there's still more to do. And my mindset was to go each and every day and just, you know, put in work and get 1% better each and every day. You know, I think that, you
0: got a little bit more than uh, 1% better.
1: Yeah, but, you know, <laughs> okay. absolutely. But that's the mindset going to every mm-hmm. day. Like, how can I be a little bit better than I was yesterday? How can I push myself a little bit more than I pushed myself yesterday? And that was my mindset. And that's how I was able to, you know, get better and have the season that I had this year.
0: Now, was it something that, like, you you did individually along with your teammates? Because Marquette wasn't expected to be <laughs> good at all this year. You guys had a great season. Was it, uh like, a lot of stuff like together as a team and individually what what was it that made you and the rest of your your teammates exceed expectations in your opinion
1: I mean the biggest thing is that you know we believed in ourselves I mean it didn't matter what nobody said and the media or the outside you know they picked us night to, to start the season in the big east and we didn't care about none of that stuff we we knew that you know who we were and we knew that you know if we stay connected and if we put the work in and You know, we did all that stuff. We're going to be one of the best teams in the country. And that's the belief in ourselves from, you know, from even the summertime and everybody was on the same page. Everybody was putting the work in. Like I wasn't the only one in the gym all the time. A lot of my teammates were, and it started with, you know, showing like me showing them the example. And then a lot of guys followed me or a lot of guys just were like, yo, we got to put this work in. If we want to have the season, we want to have this year. And, you know, it starts with, you know, players like me but also my coaches you know Shaka you know being the coach she is and pushing us to be the best version of ourselves and and always never being satisfied and and that mindset really got us to having the season we had this year
0: yeah you guys were a great success story I wanted to talk to you a little bit about this is probably a weird question for you like like your personality and your energy so I talked to a few teams after Chicago And there were multiple teams that said you were the absolute best interview. You had the best personality. And is it true that English is not your your first
1: language? That's true. Um, So English is my second language. I mean, French is my first language. You know, grew up in Montreal. Um, You know, Montreal is mostly a French, you know, city area. And then went to school in French. But, you know, growing up, you know, my my pops always made sure that you know I learned English. You know, my parents made sure like that I learned English. So I I went to school in French, but like growing up, they made sure I made I learned my English and all that stuff. So, um, so yeah, it's my second language. Um, English is so. And then now also with you know Spanish, I know Spanish and some Haitian Creole as well, so I'm at yeah. I'm at my four right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I heard that. I heard, yeah, yeah, it. and yeah. actually, what, what I heard was they didn't know if English was your second or your third language. But again, yeah. I talked to um, some some scouts or guys that interview mm-hmm. in sh- Chicago. It was just basically just kind of shooting the breeze, like, "Hey, man, how's it going?" And they yeah. were like, man, Omax just captured the room. He's just, mm-hmm. I mean, just an impressive, impressive interview. So I wanted to talk about Montreal. So I've actually been to Montreal. I've, yeah. I've been there and I was, I think, I don't know. It was a while ago my at the time I was just you know just ignorant American in a sense and yeah. I go there and everybody's speaking French and I saw black <laughs> people speaking French and I was just blown away by it because yeah. you know just kind of growing up you think Canada is just you know our, our, our neighbors to the north but I yeah. didn't realize Montreal had such a um it was so heavy on on, on French on French which yeah. is totally different than like Toronto for example but yeah. tell me about like Growing up in Montreal and, and the basketball
1: scene there. Yeah. I mean, growing up in Montreal, I mean, just for me, I mean, this is home. I mean, I, you know, I call that home. Montreal is just an amazing city. I tell everybody, you know, gotta visit Montreal. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a little different because it's a very I think it's like a little more Europeanized, like more yeah. local, like Europe cities um mm-hmm. than American cities. So, but it's a beautiful city. Grew up there, I mean. Um, and you know, to answer your question about the basketball scene, I feel like you know basketball now is growing a lot. It's growing very rapidly in Montreal. I mean, it has never been known for a basketball city. It's always it's mostly like hockey and winter sports. But um, but you know, I, growing up, it was it was the it wasn't the city to be in for basketball. But I feel like now with players, you know, going to the league like Lou Dort, Ben Matherin, you know guys like me coming in, like showing the way and showing, you know, that kids from Montreal could get, could go to that level and be at the highest level. I think it's inspiring the next generation of players, man. Oh yeah, I want to play basketball. I want to go and and, and go where those guys are going. And I think the basketball scene is really, is really growing very quickly, especially in the recent like four or five years. It's been growing a lot. And I'm super excited for like, I I tell you, man, there's a lot of talent in Montreal And I feel like it's only the amount of players in the league for Montreal is only going to grow each and every year. And I believe it's going to become known as Basketball City in the future. So, yeah. All
0: right, when we return, I'll get more from OMAX, but let's talk about building a championship team, which is all about making sure every player is the perfect fit, similar to the Denver Nuggets. It is the same when it comes to your vehicle, every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay's guaranteed fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right, and more importantly, the first time around. So just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know if the part will fit or you'll get your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. So get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. And the eBay Guarantee Fit is only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only and exclusions apply. So I wanted to um, talk to you about your your path from Montreal to the States. I'll get to that later. But is there, like, a, a growing rivalry between Montreal and Toronto? Because, I, you know, I think a lot of people, they just throw all Canadians into one basket and just say, oh, yeah, he's Canadian. Of course, you guys are all Canadian. But yeah. is there, like, a rivalry between Montreal and Toronto? And is there, like, a different style of play between, like, players from Toronto and Montreal?
1: Um, I wouldn't say there's a rivalry. I wouldn't say there's a rivalry. I mean, Toronto has always been known as – more of a basketball hub than Montreal Mm -hmm. so they've always had like that you think we think Canada you think Toronto Mm -hmm. and Montreal has always been like on the like on the on the back end like like kind of not not in the spotlight as much as Toronto has but I feel like you know um, on Montreal we see ourselves as the as the underdogs we see ourselves as you know the guys that maybe you know didn't get as much attention or exposure or, or have the opportunities that some of other of those players have. But, you know, we put in the work and we, when it's time, when it's our time to shine, we're going to shine. And that's the, that's, that's really been the thing between Montreal and Toronto. But I feel like now, you know, Montreal is really getting closer to Toronto in terms of, you know, the, the basketball, you know, uh uh, uh you know, the amount of players and ba- uh, basketball players that are like, you know, going to the high major D one and playing the league, like we're coming, and um, I feel like it's only a matter of time until to, to, you know Toronto and Montreal are both scenes that, uh, seen as, you know, two basketball hub cities in in Canada. Um, but yeah, it's really the underdog mindset. I mean, I don't think there's a rivalry, but you know, it's always it's always it's always great to see Canadians in the league and Canadians have success. So it doesn't matter if Toronto or Montreal. It's all great. It's all well we're all Canadians. it's one big family so yeah
0: if if you could just get everybody to play on the national team you guys would be pretty dangerous so growing up like did you play like in the AU tournaments or I don't know if like Canada has a different name for it but like when you guys played teams from Toronto was it the same underdog mentality if like all right you know, it's almost like in in the states. If it's a team from the middle of nowhere, if they're playing a team from New York mm-hmm. City, it's kind of like we yeah. we, we got to show and prove. Was it that same mindset there?
1: Yeah, I would say I would say it was the same mindset. Um, you know, going and you know playing AU growing up for me. I mean, most of your tournaments are in Toronto. Like mm-hmm. most of all the AU tournaments, you drive down from Montreal about like six hour drive yep. down to, to down to Toronto, and you know most of the teams there. Are from Toronto and like we're coming we're one of the few teams from Montreal going into those tournaments and we're like, man, we gonna we gonna show who we are and we are gonna show you know what we can do. So it was just it's just a mindset that we that we've always had. I mean, I'm not the only player. I feel like you know every player from Montreal could 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 attest to this and 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 say the same thing. And you know it's that's I think that's one of the biggest you know reasons why we're having so much success now and you see so many Montreal players you know having success now is because. We've always known that you know we're never going to be the the guy that's highly touted or whatever, and we know that you know it's all about the work we put in, and 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 you know once once we put we know we put the work in, then when it's time to our time ta- our time to do what we have to do, man, we do it, and then people are surprised, but you know it's nothing new to us, and it's it's not surprising to us because we know we put in the work when nobody was watching. So,
0: yeah. So I wanted to ask you about your your path to to not only the draft but like you had to go from Montreal to like you went to a high school like right outside of Chicago
1: Mm -hmm. and and then
0: from there you went to Mexico so so tell me about about that journey
1: yeah um so you know when I was after my sophomore year um you know I felt like I needed to go somewhere you know leave Montreal and go somewhere where you know I want to have better competition better exposure you know and find a new opportunity for myself because, you know, for my goals and where I wanted to accomplish, you know, the Montreal scene wasn't, wasn't, wasn't good enough for for me. So I decided to go to a prep school in Chicago and yeah, right outside Chicago called Lake Force Academy for my junior year. And, you know, that was, that was, that was a really good experience for me because, you know, it helped me mature a lot, you know, as a 16 year old leaving home and having to learn, how like learn to go to school in English because I went to school in French in Montreal and then go to school in English and all that stuff and and you know, obviously grow as a basketball player and all that stuff. So it was a it was a big year for me in terms of maturing and then um and then also I mean I had a I had a really good year there, but to to I wasn't really looking to go anywhere for my senior year, like to leave Lake Forest. I had a really good time there. I, I like my coaches and everything, but then the NBA Academy came calling. And, um, you know, they gave me that opportunity to go to the academy down in Mexico City. And, you know, to be honest with you, that's probably one of the best decisions I made for my basketball career. Because, you know, just the 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 support from the NBA and just the the training down there, the tournaments we're play, we were playing, like we traveled the whole world to play in the best tournaments. And just the players I was playing with, like we went to a tournament in Barcelona and then they combined all the academies and then on that team was, me, Benedict Matherin, Josh Giddy, Dyson Daniels. Like those are three guys that are in the league right now. And, you know, just to be around players like that and to come and also participate in the Basketball Without Borders camps, that was that was an awesome experience for me. And, and it helped me, you know, grow my game a lot and just, you know, become a better basketball player overall. And just the exposure was just amazing. So I had a great time down there. Now,
0: were you um, in Basketball Without Borders in Chicago, 2020?
1: Yes, I was there. I was I there. Was so, there.
0: so, uh, did you play with John Montero
1: also? Jim Montero. Yeah, he was there. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, he was at the camp there. Um, so yeah. He was, yeah. In Mexi-
0: was he in Mexico at one point? He was in
1: Mexico, okay. but the year before I went there. So oh, he okay. left, he wasn't there when I was there. Um, he was there the year before, but I know who Jim Montero is. Yeah. I know him.
0: Yeah. I first became aware of him at, at basketball, out borders in, in Chicago yeah. in 2020 and, I remember that um Giddy was there, Huck Porti, the 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 kid uh, I guess he's what he was playing in Germany at the time, he was in Australia yeah. and so on. So how did so how does it work at the NBA Academy? Like what's a typical day like? Because I, I think that most people have no idea like what it's like. I mean they, they're familiar with it because of Josh Giddy and, and so on yeah. and some of the success stories, but like what's it like at the NBA Academies?
1: Yeah, I mean, from my experience, I mean, obviously it's been like three, three, three plus years from them, but from, from that, but from my experience, you know, at the, the academy in Mexico, we would, so all the school we would do, we would still go to school and everything, and the school would be an online system, uh, called Apex. I don't know if it's still that to today, but that's what it was, and it's basically like a high school. You know, you go to classes, just everything's online, and you take the class online and you do your, your assignments online so we would go to school for about from about like said, in the mornings from like 7 30 to like 10 and then after that we would go and we have we have like training like mostly skill work and then we had lift after and then after lunch we have a little break and then we back at school from like three to about 6 30 if i remember 6 30 and then after that, at seven o'clock, we have like team practice, like full practice, seven to nine, practice, and then dinner, and then do it all over again the next day. So that's basically like our day look like. So school, training, little break, couple hours at school, then practice, and then uh, do it all over. So that was that was like a typical day in Mexico. Um, Did
0: you know so, Matherin before
1: that, or yeah, okay. yeah? I mean, I've, I've known Ben since we're like. 13 like we played AU together we started like in a, uh yeah we played AU together we played against each other in the in Montreal and the league and everything so I'm known them for a minute
0: and now in my opinion you guys are gonna go back to back in first round picks and, and back-to-back drafts and mm-hmm. like what what does that mean for like Montreal as a city
1: sure it means it means everything it means everything for the city and you know you know when when you when you're you a kid from Montreal and then you see you you you're in this position and and God has blessed you to be in this position like you feel like man it's a responsibility to to be that that inspiration and that 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 to to create that path for for the next for the next generation of Hoopers in Montreal and you know Ben did it last year and I'm doing it this year but our paths were, our paths were different a little bit I mean obviously yeah. we came from the academy but our paths were different. And it's to it's to show that it doesn't matter what your path is. It's about you know keeping your belief in yourself that you can achieve it and keep staying the course. You know no matter how high or how low you get, staying the course and keep trusting God's plan. And then my, right now being you know that that guy that's gonna get drafted this year from Montreal. I mean I want to show those kids that yeah man, you guys could do it as well. And Montreal Montreal is only coming up like I said earlier. So now it means it means a lot.
0: Last question about about Montreal. Um, do you think that five, 10 years from now, Montreal neighbors won't have to leave to go to the States or, or Mexico to get exposure? Or do you think it's going to be a situation where people are probably going to have to continue to leave to get the exposure that they want?
1: I don't believe, I, I believe kids won't have to leave because I feel like with the amount of players by that time, 10 years from now, by the amount of players from Montreal that are going to be in the league at that time, like, people will be so gravitated to go see the talent over there, like college teams and, and you know, people will be more gravitated to go to Montreal to see those this talent because of the history of the talent. Mm-hmm. Now, at least, so I think, like, I think 10, especially 10 years from now, five years, maybe not yet, but 10 years from now, I definitely b- believe that. Um, you know, kids won't have to leave home, uh, M- Montreal, to go to a prep school in the States or whatever to, to find, you know, a better opportunities. So, that's my, that's my top.
0: Alright, before we get into the last segment, I want to talk to you about FanDuel, because you can make your way to FanDuel right now, as a new customer, and you can do a no-sweat first bet and get up to $2,500. You heard me correct. $2,500. That is $2,500 back in bonus bets, if your first bet doesn't win, and there's no better place to place a bet on all of your favorite action and sports with America's number one sports book, visit slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's slash locked on. Fanduel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA, and locked on. All right, I want to talk about your, your, your background. You you come from a family of hoopers. Mm-hmm. Was it tough growing up in a basketball family? Was it like a little bit of pressure to like exceed what your parents did?
1: Um, I wouldn't say pressure. Nah, I mean, I you mean, know, my parents really made it easy for me. Like they really didn't force me into basketball. I just gravitated to it. Even though they they like played basketball. I mean, growing up, I played both soccer and basketball, and I was that. Just I just I never saw that as pressure. Mm-hmm. I just was my that was that that was my goals and then it wasn't my parents' goals or anything. It was just me playing the game I love. And same thing, you know, for my younger sister. Um you know she she plays she plays at Notre Dame currently and she you know it wasn't never pressure because we just they let us gravitate towards the sport we wanted to play and I gravitated towards you know soccer and basketball and then I ended up choosing basketball. And it was just about me you know going after my my dreams and and not having to worry about oh I have to please this man oh I'm doing it for the family now I was doing it for myself and when you're doing it for yourself then there's no there's no pressure because you're doing you're playing the game you love and it's my passion so there's no pressure there at all um but no it's great it's great to have a family that have hoopers you know both my parents played my sister's playing and it's just it's always great because they know the game and they they guide me and they help me through everything so and I, it's 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 been a blessing
0: okay. Mm-hmm. All right, I wanted to, um, to go back to about the draft. Yeah. So, like I mentioned, I thought you were the biggest riser at, at the Combine, mm-hmm. apparently on and off the court. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. What, what do you feel that you showed at the Combine that was different than what you were able to show during the season?
1: Yeah. Um. So, you know, most big, – biggest thing at the Combine I feel I've showed, I mean – most teams knew how well of a defender I am and my versatility in terms of defending my energy. And, you know, I feel like I've showed a lot in terms of how consistent of a catch and shoot shooter I can be, especially in those, the first day, you know, the shooting drills, I shot the ball really well. And, you know, I think a lot of teams are surprised by that. Another thing I feel they were surprised is, you know, how much I handled the ball a lot more in the games. And, you know, at Marquette, I was asked to be a lot of a finisher and cutter, which is something I do really well, and that would be very valuable in the league. But I felt like teams were a little bit surprised about, you know, me grabbing rebounds, pushing the ball, you know, getting a couple assists, you know, you know, playing out of the pick and roll and all that stuff. They're like, oh, shoot, we didn't see that at Marquette. Yeah. Even though it's something that I've known, you know, I've always been able to do. It's just that was in my role at Marquette, and I was fine because we're winning, so – I'm a type of player, man. I will take on the role that I need to take to help my team win. And, you know, that's why I did on Marquette. But now in this situation, I was able to show more. I mean, I grew up I grew up playing point guard in Montreal. So it's not something that I was never being able. It's just I took a different role. And then now teams were looking at that and saying, oh shoot, we didn't know he could do that. So that that helped me a lot. Um, you know, showing that stuff and just, you know, being who I am out there, not trying to be anybody different. You know, my energy, my hustle, I think teams like that and and gravitate towards players like that. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, I was there at at the Combine. And um, one of the things that I liked that you did was that you were able to, like, establish yourself in the game, in the the scrimmage that you played, but you didn't force any shots. Like, you scored and things kind of came to you. It was in the flow of the offense. And I thought you really, really, obviously, really helped yourself there. But I didn't know that you played point guard growing up. Do you mm-hmm. feel like it's unfair in the sense that that you've been kind of boxed in as this three and d wing and, and do you feel like there's a lot more to your game than than what you've been kind of labeled as?
1: Yeah, I mean, I believe there's a lot more to my game. I mean, it doesn't matter to me what people label me at, really I mean, you know right now it's whatever people label me at it's it's okay, but I know I know my game, and I know that by through the work I put in and I keep getting better. You know that narrative will will change over time, and it's so it's okay. Be, you know, based on what people have seen, that's been that's been what what people are saying based on what they've seen me in college, and I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just know I I just know myself and believe in the work I'm putting in. And over time, that narrative will change. But it's one day at a time, and I'm not worried about you know what people say three and D and all that stuff. And if that's you know my role, then I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna embrace it. I'm not gonna go and say oh that's not who I am. I'm gonna embrace it. And I'm gonna maximize it. That's that's the that's 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 my thought process about everything I do. So yeah.
0: All right. Speaking of work, um, what is the biggest focus for development for you this summer? I know you. I mean, you've been on the road since Chicago, but prior to that, between the combine and 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 leaving Marquette, like, what was what was the main focus?
1: Uh, so between leaving Marquette and 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 now the main focus was. Um, I would say the main focus when leaving Marquette was to. I mean, number one focus is to, you know, really, you know, get my shot as consistent as it can be, you know, get a lot of reps on the NBA three and and all that stuff. Um, that was the main focus and, you know, getting the best shape as possible, especially going to this process, because that was, you know, as an energy player, you got to be in the best shape you can be. And, you know, also just, you know, really refining, you know, my, 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 my offensive game in terms of, you know, handling the ball and everything, because that's something I really didn't do at Marquette. Um, so I worked a lot on my ball handling and everything, so that I just get back to that, you know, being able to handle it a little bit more and 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 show my versatility uh, on on that front. Um, so it was it was really about you know just refining my game, getting my shot more you know as consistent as it can be, and you know work on my ball handling. So that's that's what I've been really focused on. Um, and another thing is just you know getting you know getting used to you know all those new NBA, like the, the NBA actions and everything. And, mm-hmm. you know, the NBA terms, like that's something when I played pickup, you know, in the pre-draft process, you know, our our trainers made sure like, okay, we're going to play off this plate action now. We're going to do a lot of this and that and just, you know, getting used to all that stuff uh, so that when I'm in those workouts, you know, I'm I, I'm already prepared for what I'm going to see and what they're going to make me do and the type of, you know, actions we're going to play out of. So, yeah.
0: So what's interesting about your game to me is I feel like playing at Marquette, I think it helped you and it may have hurt you at the same time. So the reason I say that is because you play with two really good passers on your mm-hmm. team. And I'm a big Igodaro fan. I think he's the best passing big in, in the country. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. are the you benefited off a lot of his, you know, his passing with the backdoor cuts. And then you mm-hmm. you had, you know, other great passers. But at the same time, I think it may have hurt you a little bit. It's because you didn't get a chance to like really handle the ball and show everything that you can do. It so I feel like you did that at the combine and I, I didn't see the pro day, just the video clips. But yeah. everything I heard was that the pro day showed a lot of teams some stuff that that they felt like they were missing. All right. Last mm-hmm. couple of, of of questions for you. How do you feel like you could help an NBA team, like, right now? Like, if I just threw you in a a game Absolutely. right now, like, how can you help a team?
1: Absolutely. No, that's a great question. Um, You know, first and foremost, you know, I think I'm the type of player that, that is, can come in right away and bring a spark to a team. What I mean by that is a player that could come in, you know, and bring, bring help a lot on the defensive front. Like, I'm going to come in and can guard the best players on the other side, you know. Um, make them inefficient, you know. Especially my size, length, ability to switch on multiple guys. I think that's the biggest thing for me. My biggest attribute from day one is my defense. Another thing is just my my ability to to rebound, offensive rebound. You know, all those little hustle plays. I think I, you can count on me to do that and just you know run the floor, playing transition and 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 really you know play play fast and, and and be another guy on the wing that a team can count on to be able to. Finish out the rim transition and and knock down open shots. So those are little those are little things that I feel like, you know, uh, through the, my energy and the way I play, I could help you know bring a spark to the team. And that's why I like to to say that from day one, you could expect that from me.
0: All right, last question. Adam Silver calls your name. What mm-hmm. will that mean to you, your family, and the city of Montreal?
1: Sure. It mean it mean everything. I mean, you know this this is a dream I've had since I was a kid and you know to 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 see you know to hear my name called i mean you know for myself you know a guy that you know you know a guy that you know people have doubted and a guy that you know i've had a lot of ups and downs in my career but a guy that just never never stopped I never that I always kept going I always kept pushing no matter how down he was he always found a way to get back up and a guy that was never satisfied uh and again, I just trust, trust God's plan. And, you know, when I hear my name called, I just, even though it's only this, it's only the start, the beginning of a new career, of a new, of a new, you know, uh, uh, uh career and a long NBA career, I know that at this moment, like, you know, all the all the hard work and everything, you know, will have will have paid off. And for my family, it's just all the sacrifices, sacrifices they've made for me to be in the position I am, my parents, my my sister, like. You know, they all made so many sacrifices and they sacrificed them for me a lot of times. So like it just means a lot. It's mean, it will mean the world. And you know, for the city of Montreal, man, it's just it's my city and just to see to to be another kid from there that made that that, that made it to that level, it's just it, it mean the world. And you know, it's a blessing. It's truly a, it will it will true. it's a blessing, you know, it will truly be a blessing to be you know, my, hear my name called and, and to know that, you know, God, I, to know that, you know, if you trust God's plan, then he's going, he going he gonna, to he gonna reward you. And, you know, from that point on, it's only the beginning of a, of a new start for me. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, see the draft, obviously it's going to be a great night. You see the all, the all the, all the drafting, but it's only the beginning, you know, it's only the start of something even greater. And that's what I'm going to tell myself. And, you know it's gonna be an awesome night, and uh, no, I can't, I can't wait for it. So that, that's probably. I don't know how I'm gonna feel, but that's what I tell you right now. You got <laughs> and, your suit ready? Uh, yeah, yeah, man. It's almost, it's almost ready. Yeah, yeah I got, it, I got it, I got it. It's gonna be, it's gonna be great. But, um, but yeah, man. Uh, I'm so grateful, and it's a truly a blessing, man, to be, to be who I am and to be in this position. So yeah.
0: Yeah, you definitely deserve it. Like I said, I mean, the work that you've put in has shown I mean, from six points to 12 points per game at this time last year. I don't think people were saying, oh, yeah, you know, O'Max max is, is, is the guy that is going to be a, a first-round pick. So big props to you. And once again, thank you for, for coming on. I know you got a crazy, busy workout travel schedule. So thanks again for coming on. And thank you to listeners listener for listening to the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast. This is Raphael Barlow with O-Max Prosper, and we are out.